Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. We've been going through uh, during this week talking about um, how to position yourself for a life of breakthroughs. And um, I'm going to be talking again about that today. We've gone through seven elements, seven principles, and uh, today is number seven. Thanks, Erica. I'm so very excited. I can't wait. It's going to be really, really good. One of our prayer points, obviously, um, during the fast has been that God will quickly open up the way. God will quickly give us a property and that we're going to step in in momentum and power, make an impact, not just in the region, but make an impact uh, in the state of Florida and, of course, ultimately in the United States of America. That's what we're believing God for. We're so excited for uh, Jared and Jess Burton to be here and uh, all of you that are making your way to, to West Palm Beach. Listen, if it were up to me, I would build uh, some kind of a teleportation machine and teleport every member of the Victory Tribe to West Palm Beach, Florida, because I would love to have every single one of you in the house. I love you guys so much. But yes, we're extremely excited. Um, it's been like, it's felt like a, a, just a, a, I don't know, it's like you jump into the current <clears throat> of what God's doing. It's like, have you ever, <clears throat> have you ever, um, I'm sure you have if you've ever been on <clears throat> vacation, gone to one of those water parks that has like a lazy river where like you don't have to do any paddling, any kicking. It's just like you get in the tube and the current takes you around. It's like that, except more like a rushing river. That's how the last three years have been for this ministry. It's been like a rushing river of increase that God <clears throat> has just supernaturally advanced us. And uh, there's no explanation except the Lord did it. And I can remember when it began. I remember when it began. Uh, we were sitting in our, in our living room. It was not even a living room. It's like a, it was like our sitting room of a rental house. And I, I think we had one camera set up and me and uh, Carolyn were broadcasting every day from our sitting room. Some of you remember those days. And uh, as I was sitting there, the Lord put a word in my spirit that we just started declaring um, from, from the sitting room in our rental house that you're going to have to run to keep up with the vision. You're going to have to run to keep up with the vision. I just kept saying it. You're going to have to run to keep up with the vision. Uh, supernatural momentum is hitting. That's, that's, what we, that's what we just started declare, to declare by faith. Uh, you know, in the natural, it didn't look like that. We had really kind of just moved to Florida. Uh, we were in a rental house. We had no offices. We had no broadcast studio. We had nothing. Uh, we had moved on an instruction from the Lord. Um, and then the Lord hit us with that word, and we kept saying it. We kept speaking it. Uh, get ready for supernatural momentum. Um, divine momentum. You're going to have to run to keep up with the vision. You're going to have to run to keep up with the vision. We just kept on saying it. And all of a sudden, one thing after another, and uh, it's just, it's blown up. It's increased. And then, of course, God gave us this space. Now another space that we just took over. The staff has increased. The ministry's increased. We've done more than we've ever done. We went from nothing to being on television in over 180 nations of the world every week. I mean, everything 
increased. And then uh, in January, God, as we were fasting and praying, God spoke to us and said, now another transition is coming. Uh, it's time to launch this church uh, in West Palm Beach. And then, of course, we prayed it through. We, we did everything that we spoke with our pastors. and We announced it to our partners in October. And now we're actively uh, seeking all the properties and do everything God's called us to do. I'll tell you an interesting thing is that um, we moved. God gave us an instruction. Uh, let me see, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 22. Yeah, God gave us that instruction um, right before 2016. So I was driving like at the end of 2015 and um, the Lord spoke, many of you heard me tell the story. Uh, the Lord spoke to me on a drive from Pittsburgh to Rochester, New York. I was praying in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost spoke out of nowhere and said, move everything to West Palm Beach or excuse me, move everything to South Florida. This is before we got the West Palm Beach instruction. Move everything to South Florida. And uh, that was out of the blue for me. And I was like, what? But move everything to South Florida, move the ministry, the family. What? Made no sense. But I knew it was an instruction from the Holy Ghost. And so I called Carolyn and I told her what the Lord said. She prayed, she fasted, I prayed, I fasted. We knew it was the Lord and we made our move. So look at this now. We got that right before 2016 hit. And of course, if you've heard me tell the story, I immediately called uh, Pastor Sean Thomas, who's now the senior pastor of Abundant Life. I called him up on the phone right after the Lord spoke to me. I said, what are you doing? And he said, we just got out of a planning meeting uh, for our word of the Lord for 2016. I said, really? <clears throat> I said, what's the word of the Lord that you're going to preach for 2016? He said, my father said, the Lord spoke to him and said, it's move 2016. Well, I just started laughing in the car because the Lord had just told me move. And then I call him. I said, what did Bishop say? He said, the Lord said move. And that's what 2016 is about. Well, look at that. We got the word 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, seven years in this transition. Watch this. Seven years in this transition. And now we move over into 2023, right? The number eight, the eighth year, year of new beginnings. And look what God's doing. It's a transition again. Seven years from that previous instruction. And then in the eighth year, we get a new instruction, a new beginning as we're launching Miracle Word Church. It blew my mind to even see that connection that God's doing a brand new thing in our ministry in the eighth year since that previous instruction. And so I cannot wait to see what God's about to do. It's going to be supernatural. So I'm very excited about it, but it's like jumping into the, to the river. It's like jumping into the current because the Holy Ghost moves you and it's not by might and it's not by power. Erica said, we moved here around the same time as you guys did. It's not by might and it's not by power but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. It's not human natural ability. It's not natural power. It's not talent. It's the Holy Ghost who does the work. And that's why the Bible says in Psalm 127, this, we stand on this, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And that's exactly right. We don't want to do anything that the Lord doesn't want us to do. We don't want to do anything that the Holy Ghost didn't say. And so we're being led by the Spirit. Um, 
That's right, Shelby, leveling up. We're leveling up by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you know what our confession is? We've said this for a while. We're not just going to the next level, but we are skipping levels in Jesus' name. We're not just going to the next level. We are skipping levels in Jesus' name. It won't look normal. It'll look like, wait, they, they skipped a whole phase. They skipped a whole level, went on to the next thing. Yes, we are skipping levels because it's going to be something that's so big, God will be the only one that gets the increase or excuse me, gets the praise for the increase. And so I want you to see this with me today. God has a plan to level all of us up quickly. Supernatural momentum doesn't just belong to ministers, preachers. No, it's for the people of God. It's for the people of God to level up quickly. So that what are we going to say? It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Now I know that verse of scripture is actually referring to uh, Jesus and what Jesus did the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and it is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. But remember something, because Jesus came and released what he did to the earth, a kingdom of God that we could enter into as, even as Gentiles, then it made available, what does Ephesians 1.3 say? Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Every spiritual blessing. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So what I'm talking about, by extension, what Jesus did ushered in the rest. And now all we can say, it's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Hallelujah. It's the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. And so if you missed uh, this week or any of the, the sessions from this week, uh, I want to encourage you to go back and watch these. Uh, I, I'm almost positive I'm going to have to make this into a book because, as I said before, this is something that is not taught very often at all in the body of Christ. There are ministers that teach it, obviously, but many, many churches will never touch on this, that you can position yourself for a life of breakthroughs, that you can have nonstop increase, that you can continue to go higher and higher in the kingdom of God without, you don't, you're not called for down years and you're not called to diminish. You're not called to fail. You're called to go from faith unto faith, from victory unto victory, right? Favor unto favor. And these are elements that it's not by accident. Again, it is by our faithfulness to the instructions of God. It's, it's our faithfulness to God's instructions. And so here are seven things that I've been teaching this week. And again, it's on the podcast. People can watch the replay and people have been. Um, and if you're watching on the replay, let us know, uh, you know, that you're watching. You could do hashtag team replay, whatever you want to put in there. Let us know you're watching the replay. Uh, but seven things we've gone through this week. Today, I'm going to give you number seven because it's so vital. It's so vital. We now here's why I say it's vital. <clears throat> let me let me reveal this to you. Matthew 25. And I've said this before, but it's, it bears repeating. Matthew 25. Here's why fruitfulness increase is vital. I'm going to show you from the scripture. Jesus considered this. God considers this vital. This is why increase and fruitfulness are vital. Are you ready? Jesus tells in Matthew 25 the parable of the talents. He talks about a master who has three servants. And in Matthew 25, and it's verses 14 through 30. 
if you want the reference. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. That's the reference. A master has three servants, Jesus tells this parable, and he gives each one of his servants talents to invest, right? To be steward over. Okay, well, what happens? I want you to hear this from, the, from right off the bat, just so you don't think that it's arbitrary or random how God gives out talents to his people. The Bible says that um, it'll be like a man, the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, now watch this, each according to his ability. So, so what does that mean? He didn't randomly choose how many talents he was going to give each person. Each one was given a number of talents based on that person's previous abilities. Meaning, I've watched you work and you've been faithful, so you're going to get more. You've been less faithful, you've had a less of a track record, I'm going to trust you with two. You've had the least uh, successful track record, you've not been as faithful, I'm going to give you one. So he didn't randomly choose how much he gave his servants. It was given to them based upon their previous actions and abilities. See that? So watch now. It seems as though they continue on in their track record. The master goes away. And the Bible says the one who had five invested it and came back to him five more. So now he has 10. The one who had two invested it, <clears throat> again, doubled it. Now he has four and the one who has one. Now this is where I want you to focus. The one who had one. The Bible says, he took his one talent and he buried it in the ground. He buried it, that's verse 18. He who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So now the master comes back. What's gonna be the result of this? Well, he sees the one who has five. Well done good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. I'll make you a ruler over much. Okay, the one who has two, well done, well done. Then he gets to the one who had the one talent and buried it in the ground. Now look at this, he, verse 26, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I've scattered no seed. You ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I've received what was mine with interest. Now watch this. Now take the talent from the one who has one and give it to the one who has 10. For to everyone who has, more will be given. It sounds like the opposite of socialism to me. To everyone who has, this isn't ro the Robin Hood gospel, steal from the rich and give to the poor. Steal from the fruitful and give to the less fruitful. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the exact opposite of socialism and communism. It is a reward for faithfulness. Take from the one who has one, take it away from him. He didn't do what I asked him to do and give it to the one who has 10. Now look at this principle. For to the one who has, more will be given and he'll have an abundance. You see that? He'll have an abundance. But... From the one who has not, even what he does have will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. So notice what the wicked servant did. He took what his master gave him and just maintained it. Just maintained it. 
just kept it, just coasted with it, cruise control. And the master came back, and you know what he said about it? That is wicked. It is wicked. So what is, and Jesus is telling this parable, what is Jesus' opinion of this? Well, he's showing you through the parable that that the Lord looks at maintenance mode as slothfulness and wickedness. The Lord looks at maintenance mode as slothfulness and wickedness. And what does he reward? Increase and abundance. The Lord rewards fruitfulness. Put that in the comments today. The Lord rewards fruitfulness. The Lord rewards fruitfulness. I want you to see this with me. So that, you know what that means? God expects us to increase. God expects us to increase. It would, it's, a, it's wrong to come back and look at the life of a believer three years later and they're in the same place doing the same thing at the same level as they were three years before. It's not right. It is not right. You should increase. God is calling his children to increase. The kingdom of God is based on increase. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn on the ear. It is, listen to me, it is impossible to engage yourself in God's systems and stay at the same level. It is impossible to engage yourself in God's systems and stay at the same level. Impossible. It's impossible. God's systems that I've been teaching this week provoke increase. They provoke increase. I've shown you every day. Humility provokes increase. God said, I'll exalt you. I will promote you. Right? Humility provokes increase. Holiness provokes increase. Prayer and fasting provoke increase. Praise provokes increase. The word provokes increase. Impartation provokes increase. And today I'm going to give you number seven. And that is giving. Giving provokes increase. Number seven today, seventh element, giving provokes increase. Giving provokes increase. So I want you to put that in the comments. Number seven today, and I want to change it. Don't just put giving, put faith-filled giving. Some of you have to rewrite. Faith-filled giving, not just any giving. And I'm going to show you why today. Not just any giving, faith-filled giving. That's important to to make that distinction. The Lord does reward fruitfulness. But number seven we're talking about today, faith-filled giving. So why do you you say it that way? I'll tell you why. Because the, the word of God shows us that God doesn't just accept any kind of giving. He doesn't just accept any kind of giving. He only accepts faith-filled giving, obedient giving. I want to break those down, but can I tell you, obedience provokes, oh, I'm talking about obedience in your giving, provokes massive increase, massive increase. The first thing I need to talk to you about today is this, seed time and harvest are God's system. It's God's system. He created it. He initiated it. So it's not a man-made thing. You know, I saw somebody uh, commented on my post on Instagram today. And I was talking about, I shared it with you yesterday. I talked about the widow's might, 
how that today in America would be the equivalent of $3.43 for the average person. Uh, and that was all she had and she gave it. And I gave all those statistics about giving from the word and somebody commented on my Instagram, what I don't like is these prosperity preachers telling people to give and that they'll, they'll receive for it. That's not why we give. Oh, really? Then why did God make that the main thing he told his people regarding New Testament giving and Old Testament giving? Why did God, now remember again, it's his system, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, God's system. He said in Genesis 8, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. It will not, it will not fade away. And again, there he's talking about natural sowing and reaping. He's talking about the fact, long as the earth is here, nothing's going to stop the earth from producing harvest, nothing. But then you get into the New Testament, you get into the New Testament and you know what you find out? According to the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul calls your financial giving seed. He calls your financial giving seed. So that's also seed time and harvest, that's seed sowing. Nancy asks the question, Ted, is it possible not to see an increase if given to the wrong person or ministry? Is it possible to not see an increase if you're giving to the wrong person or the wrong ministry? Okay, let's answer that question real quickly before we move forward. Um, The only way that I believe that could happen, Nancy, is if the Holy Spirit gave you an instruction personally and you ignored it and went and did something else. You ignored it. So you you really were just in disobedience to to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because if you study the scripture, you'll not find anywhere regarding uh, seed sowing, financial seed sowing, you'll not find anywhere where it teaches that you're sowing into bad, bad soil. That when people use that passage from scripture that, you know, the Bible, Jesus actually tells us what the sower was sowing, the word of God, the word of God. He wasn't sowing financial seeds. He was sowing the word of God. And if you, if you read the book of Hebrews, you know what you'll find out? Jesus is receiving our offerings in heaven anyway. He's the one that receives it. So here's a question for you. What if there was a ministry, what if there was a ministry who was engaged in, you know, stealing, for example? What if there was a ministry that was embezzling all the funds from their ministry and it was crooked behind the scenes? And we've seen ministries like that before, scandals broken out. Uh, they're, you know, no longer around today, but let's say they were doing all kinds of crooked things behind the scenes and they were stealing the money and using it for, you know, all kinds of stuff, just totally lack of integrity. And nobody else knows that because it's behind the scenes. And so really there's wickedness going on and you're sowing, you're sowing. Well, you don't even know that that's a ministry that's engaged in that until it's exposed, right? Until it's exposed. So do you think God's not going to honor you because you're sowing into that ministry that's doing all that that you don't even know about? No, no. Because remember something, I'm not giving to a man. When I give, I give to God. Get that. That doesn't mean that men don't receive it. The Bible says men do receive it. When we receive an offering through this ministry, obviously we receive your offering, but you're not giving just this ministry, you're giving to God. Christ is receiving what you're doing. 
God is receiving what you're doing. We receive it, but God is truly receiving your offering in heaven. You're doing it not unto men, but unto God. So remember this, God's going to honor you for you obeying his word, obeying his word. Hallelujah. And so, uh, there are two types of giving that I want you to see. Now I'm talking about offerings. I'm not speaking about tithes. I'm not speaking about first fruit offerings. I'm not speaking about alms to the poor. I'm speaking specifically about free will giving. And there are, are really two types of giving. And I want you to hear this. The first type of giving is truly a free will giving or a free will gift, free will offering. Do you know what that means? You decide how much you're going to give. And the Bible actually teaches that. Paul said, you must each decide in your hearts how much you're going to give. You must each decide in your hearts how much you're going to give. Now that is one type of giving where you don't have any specific instruction from the Holy Ghost. You have no specific leading but you just made up in your mind, you know what I want to do for the Lord? I want to give this kind of an offering. Now, what has to define even that kind of an offering? This is important to talk about because you can't just say like, well, you know, here I am in church. I I think I'm just going to give God two $1 bills today. That's what I'm going to decide. No, there, though you still are making it up in your heart, there's still something that guides. There's still a parameter that should guide your giving. What is that parameter? That is faith. That's why I said faith-filled giving. Honor and faith. So what does that mean? What you give God has to take faith, has to mean something to you. It has to mean something to you. If it doesn't mean something to you, it will not mean anything to God. It will not mean anything to God. And so so you say, well, what, what what do you mean by saying that if it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to God. Well, what I mean by that is, as I I read to you yesterday from my tweet, um, God's not required to receive every offering that's given, Old Testament or new. God is not required to receive every offering that's given. And I'll break that down for you. Let's go again to the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter one. And let's look at that because let me explain to you in this context, what was happening in Israel when God rebuked them. What was taking place was this. The priests were bringing offerings into the temple that were truly their leftover offerings. They were bringing their leftovers, their worst to God. That's what they were doing. And God called them out for it and said, you think I'm going to receive these offerings? (laughs) You think I'm going to receive these offerings? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you from a couple different translations because I want you to just get the, the full picture of this. God's like, you think I'm going to receive these offerings? I'm not going to. So turn with me to Malachi one and we'll read the, we'll read the context, but listen to this. The Bible says, starting in in verse number six, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I'm a father, where's my honor? This, this uh, This is what God's asking. Remember this. 
Here's what God's asking his people. If I'm your father, where's my honor? If I'm your father, where's my honor? If I'm your master, where's my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you. Oh, priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? Now look at this. Now this is an interesting, I know this is heavy. This is for mature Christians that are watching. I know there's people, they get mad, they hear these things. The Lord said this. This is God speaking. They said, how have we despised your name? Look, he said, I'll tell you how. By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying that the Lord's table may be despised. Look, when you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand. Will he show any favor to you? Says the Lord of hosts, verse 10. Here's the key, verse 10. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. You know what that means? All of their offerings were in vain. That's what God's saying. You're kindling fire on my altar for these burnt offerings in vain. It means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. And look at this. I will not accept an offering from your hand. Woo, that's heavy, man. The Bible says God is saying to them, I will not, I will not accept an offering from your hand. So here's a principle. And again, I want to, I'll read it to you in another translation. <laughs> this is the New Living Translation of, of Malachi 1.10. How I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will not accept your offerings. I wish somebody would close the doors of the church so that I don't have to accept these worthless offerings. Hmm. No, no, not to accept. So that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. I don't even want you to give them. Here's a principle. (laughs) This is, I mean, I, I know no churches teach like this. I know no preachers normally preach like this, but it needs to be said because we, as the victory tribe, as those that are believing for expedited increase, we need these parameters in our lives. We need to know these things. These are must know things. These are pro tips, if you will. These are pro tips. Nobody teaches like this because everybody's afraid somebody might get offended. But I want you to hear me. God says this, um, and this is interesting. He said, I would rather you shut the doors of the temple so that I don't have to watch you come in with worthless sacrifices. I'll not accept them from your hand. Well, here's here's the question then. What made them worthless? What made them worthless? It's not that they were given reluctantly. No, no, Kimberly, that's, that's not why they were worthless because they gave them freely. But God said, they are your leftovers. You're giving me your blind and lame, crippled, sick animals. You're giving me what's left over. You take all the best for yourself, and then you give me what's left over. He said, natural men that are your governors wouldn't even receive those offerings. And I'm your father in heaven, and I'm supposed, he said, where's my honor? Where's my fear? Where's my honor? And it takes no faith. 
It takes no faith to give God your leftovers. You know, I buy everything I want for myself. I pay all my bills. I do all the things. I go on vacation. I do all the things I want to do with my finances. And then if there's anything left over, I may drop that in the offering. That's not faith. And that's not honor. And that's not the fear of God. I've told you this, and I'll give you an example from my own life. It's a powerful, it is powerful, Alex, because this is something almost nobody ever talks about, but it needs to be talked about. There should be parameters to our free will giving. It's not just, I'm going to decide whatever I want in my heart. No, it has to have honor attached to it, and it has to have faith attached to it, or else it doesn't please God. David said in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel 24, 24, I won't give God something that costs me nothing, something that means nothing to me. I won't give that to God. I refuse to give that to God. And I'm so happy that I can teach this to you on this broadcast. I'm so thankful. I'm even watching the, the number count of those who are watching, and it's not dropped off at all, which means I've got the Victory Tribe with me today, the, the faithful and the mature. You can hear this word, and I'm glad you're here to hear it, because this will take us higher. This will take us much higher than we are even right now when we understand this. Even when I give a free will offering, where Paul, as Paul said, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Yes, we can decide, but those parameters still have to be in place. There, no, again, Larry and Barb, I'm only talking about offerings, not tithes. Tithes are a set amount. Tithes are 10%. We don't decide the tithe. God did. I'm just talking about offerings. So when we decide in our hearts, there still has to be a parameter of honor and faith. Honor and faith. Put that in the comments today. Put it in your notes. My offerings must be wrapped in honor and faith. Please put that in. My offerings must be wrapped in honor and faith. I'll say it one more time. So, so vital. My offerings must be wrapped in honor and faith. Notice I'm not talking about any financial amounts. You know why I'm not doing that? Because everybody is at a different level. Everybody's at a different level. And I learned a lesson a long time ago about our giving. The Lord showed this to me from his word. And I, that's why I referenced the widow's might. Because I learned something about God's nature and his character. That God does not judge what we give by what we give. That others look at and say, that's how much they're giving. God doesn't judge what we give by what we give. He judges what we give by what's left over. He's always looking at the ratio. The ratio is what takes the faith, right? I always use this example because then it makes it easy for you to understand. Two people could give the exact same offering and want, for one of them, it means a lot. And for another one of them, it means nothing. I'll give you an example of, of exactly what I mean. Two people could be sitting next to each other in church during the offering to give God an offering. And they both write out and fill out their offering for a $1,000 offering. Okay, to us, it looks like they're giving the same thing. But they're not giving the same thing at all. Because if you look at both of those people's lives, the first person who wrote out their offering for a thousand, they have $3 million to their name, $3 million. Whereas the second person who made out their offering for a thousand, they have $1,700 in their bank account. 
You cannot tell me that that is the same offering. It's not the same offering. Those are two very different offerings. Those are two very different offerings. Oh yeah. Let's say that person had $2,000 in their bank account. For the other person to give an offering that feels the same, that that means the same, that other person would have to give an offering of $1.5 million. For it to be the same in sacrifice as the person who only has 2,000 to their name. And probably even more than that, because when you come down to it, there's a lot you can do with $1.5 million left over versus if you're trying to live your life on $1,000, it's impossible. So probably even more. So don't tell me that those two people are giving the same offering. They're not. For one, it was a massive sacrifice. And for the other, they don't even feel it. If you've got three million bucks in the bank and you give $1,000, you don't feel it. You don't feel it at all. It would be like the person who has $2,000 putting a penny in the offering. They don't feel it. I don't feel it. You have to feel it. It has to, it has to take faith. It has to be something that honors God. My, my offering has to honor God. And that's why Jesus was able to look at this woman who gave our equivalent in America today of $3.43. After all these rich men came down and threw in $10,000 and $1,000 and $5,000 and $700, whatever they gave, I don't know. And everybody's like, wow, look at the, look at the, he gave 50,000. Look, he gave 100,000. Look, he gave a million. And Jesus is watching. And then he sees a woman come down and place in what was really according to the historians, one, you talk about a fraction, one sixty-fourth, one sixty-fourth of a day's wage. One sixty-fourth of a day's wage. That's what she gave. Put it in. And, then, and Jesus looks at his disciples and says, here's a woman that gave more than all these others. They said, Lord, how can that be? He said, I'll tell you how. Because all of them gave it from their abundance. They've got plenty left over. But this woman gave all she had. I I love when churches use this as an excuse to give small offerings. Some of you here today may only give $5, but may God bless you. You can't tell. It's a very, very small percentage of people in church that a $5 gift would move their faith. I mean, when God blessed my eight-year-old daughter... When God blessed my eight-year-old daughter and touched her at the altar, she went back to her purse and gave like $122. Isn't that what it was? $122? Oh, yeah, that's right. What was it? No, $242. $240. I'm sitting here thinking like, where's my, where in the world is my daughter getting money? I'm checking my safe when I get home. My, my eight-year-old daughter opens her pocketbook and gives the Lord $242. So don't tell me that somebody's going to come in And so a $5 offering and God's like, my God, they've got faith. No, it's not going to move you because you're going to leave church and go to Outback Steakhouse and pay $130 for your family to have dinner. Probably more for most people. And you didn't have to stand in the parking lot and speak in tongues and believe God for breakthrough before you could go eat at the Outback, right? So so what's the key here? It's got to have honor attached and it's got to have faith attached. So... You know, I love when people use this. Now, here's a woman that only gave two mites and God blessed her. You might today only give a dollar in the offering. No, there's not going to be many people. You might have a homeless person that comes into your church 
and maybe they have nothing to their name, maybe that will take faith for them. I'm not saying there won't be people that are operating at that level. There, there may be. But I'm talking about for the average person, you have to do something that has honor attached and that has faith attached. That's why I got so mad that time. I told you the story. I got so mad that time, I was watching a preacher on television who was going hard and encouraging the people that are watching. I want you to call that number on your screen and I want you to sow a $66 offering. It's getting ready to break loose a six-month healing anointing in your life. Well, the first reason I got mad is because when I heard him say the phrase six-month healing anointing, there's no expiration date on the healing anointing or any anointing. The anointing is the Holy Spirit and he's eternal. So I was mad about that right off the bat. But then secondly, I thought to myself, $66. <laughs> and people laugh at me for this because they think I'm joking. It's true. I'm like, I've spent more than that on myself in the Taco Bell drive-thru. Taco Bell, my friends, when I've spent more on chalupas than my offering, you know there's a lack of faith. <laughs> I can't talk too much about it at this point. Guys, we're, we're on the fifth day of a fast. But if, I, if I've spent more on chalupas, cheesy gordita crunches with the Doritos Locos taco inside, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I'm sorry. But if I've done that, don't tell me that's faith, that I come and put $50 in the offering and then go spend $66 at Taco Bell. Don't tell me that's faith. I'm hungry, Leslie. I, 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 don't judge me with my Taco Bell. But, but don't tell me. So, so watch this now. That's right, Denise. Putting your money where your heart is. Where your treasure is, there, that, your heart's there. Right? Nobody that, it's like, it's, I'm thinking of Glenn now because Denise commented. I'm thinking of Glenn. Well, I'm sure Glenn has invested hundreds and probably thousands of dollars at, uh, over his lifespan into firearms. And I'm sure it's at thousands because he has nice guns. He's a great shooter. Ammunition the gear that you have to have to go with that. The, 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 the firearms themselves are not cheap. And, and all, the, all that goes into that. Well, if he didn't care about shooting, he's never gonna put all that money into firearms and ammunition and gear. If he didn't care about shooting, none of his treasure is going to that thing, right? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So your treasure follows your heart. Do you see that? Your treasure follows your heart. So Glenn's, Glenn's not going to put that kind of money into firearms and ammunition and gear and <clears throat> range fees and, you know, whatever, memberships. If he doesn't care about shooting, somebody that doesn't care about fishing isn't going to drop all kinds of money into a bass boat and the clothes you need and the rods and reels and all. You know, all, they're not going to do that. Why would I spend thousands of dollars on fishing gear and a fishing boat and all that if I don't fish? If I don't fish? No because my, my heart's not there. So why would my treasure be there? My heart's not there, why would my treasure be there? Cameron said, question, if someone is in massive debt and wants to give more, would any amount of, be an offering of faith since they technically do not have any excess in the red or should they look at increase only? Uh, yes, I, I agree with you. There was a time early on in our lives where Carolyn and I sowed ourselves out of debt. Now that's not the only thing we did, we were using wisdom right? We cut out things that didn't matter in our lives. We cut out things that were excess as we were getting out of that place of debt. But you know what we never did during that time of credit card debt and when we first got married? We never stopped tithing and we never stopped giving. 
If the Lord spoke to us, especially even a sacrificial seed, even a sacrificial, I don't care if we were in all that credit card debt. If the Lord spoke to us and said, sow a thousand dollars in this offering, we sowed a thousand dollars. I didn't say, well, that thousand dollars could go to, I'm obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit. And of course, every person has to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit for themselves and they have to follow it for themselves. So you never stop tithing. And I don't ever, I've never stopped giving. Even when I was getting out of debt, I never stopped giving. And God broke us out in less than two years. We were totally out of that debt. Honor God, put God first and he'll put you first. Put God first and he'll put you first. So I learned this principle. It helped me immensely to where I realized what I sow, what I give to God has to take faith to do. It has to have honor and it has to have faith attached to it. And I know. So it's like, for example, I'm not going to ever give God something that I'd be embarrassed to give my child for their birthday party. You know, if I've got my daughter Maddie that's turning 13 years old, you know, I'm going to give her money. I'm going to put, get, buy her a gift, whatever. You know, I'm not going to give God something that I'd be embarrassed to give my daughter. <laughs> you know, imagine her open up her card. Happy, you know, 13th birthday. Here's $10. Don't spend it all in one place. You know, like, I'm not going to do something for God that I'd be embarrassed to do for a person. No. And say, so, well, you know, he's God. He understands. He doesn't understand. Look at the word. He doesn't understand. The priests did it. He rebuked his own priest and said, I don't understand. I'd rather you close the doors to the temple, lock it up, than I would have to watch you come in here and give those offerings on my altar. That's what he said. That's harsh, man. But that's how God's nature is. Where's my fear? Where's my honor? That's what he's looking for. So my wife and I, we made up in our minds. Now, I'm just talking about the first type of giving, and that is giving out of a free will uh, offering, making up in your heart how much to give, still has to take honor, still has to take faith. You wrap it in honor and faith. But the second type of giving is when you're led by the Holy Spirit to sow a certain amount. You're led by the Holy Spirit and he gives you an amount in your heart. That's the way I actually like to give. If I preferred the two, I like to hear an instruction from the Holy Spirit. That's why I always pray for one. That's why every time I give an offering, <clears throat> that's not just, I'm not paying tithes, I'm giving an offering. And I do it when we receive offerings. Lord, speak to every person and give us an instruction. Say, so why, why do you ask God for an instruction in your giving? Because his ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He knows what I need in my future. He knows the increase that I'm believing for, but he knows the harvests I'm going to need as I move forward. So let him guide me to give me what I need to sow to get where he's gonna bring me. I love that kind. You've heard me tell the story of how last year the Lord spoke to uh, me to uh, buy that tent for my father's ministry. And it was going to cost 30. I found out after he told me that, that the amount was going to be $35,000. Well, that was an instruction from the Holy Spirit. I didn't make up in my mind or in my heart how much to give. The Lord spoke to me in the middle of the offering, said, you buy it. You pay for it. And I didn't even know what it was going to cost. But the Lord said, you pay for it. So he knew how much it cost. And when I asked my brother-in-law to send me the invoice for the tent, and he sent it, and I saw it's going to be $35,000, that's an instruction from the Holy Spirit. I didn't just sit up on the platform and say, well, today I think I'm going to give a $35,000 offering. No, I operated by instruction from the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit is the one 
who told me what to do. I like that type of giving. I prefer that. Why? Because he knows what I need. He knows where he's taking me. So the two types of giving that we're talking about, notice, even in order to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit, your obedience to his voice, number one, is honor. So it's already wrapped in honor. Because if he speaks to you to do something specific and you do it, that's honoring the voice of the Holy Spirit. But secondly, the Holy Spirit's never going to lead you to do something that doesn't take faith. Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right? So, even when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, those two things are still included, faith and honor. When you decide in your heart, it has to include faith and honor. And I'm going to tell you, when you do, things break loose. You know, when, when this was years ago now, but Bishop Boyadepo <clears throat> came to the States and um, Nancy said, did you get scared when you learned the price of the tent? It definitely hit me in my belly. I didn't know how, how much it was going to be, but let me tell you, when you see the invoice and it says $35,000, it definitely hit my belly. So you, you better believe it took faith. You better believe it took faith. Um, but when Bishop Oyedepo first came, and I went and first saw him, in the United States, there, there was a place, and we were just believing God for increase, but it seemed like uh, no matter what we did, we just kept hitting this glass ceiling in our ministry over and over and over. And I said, I'm, gonna, I'm sowing my way out of this. My wife and I agreed. And I heard the Lord say this, don't give it in the, in the offering to his ministry, give it to him personally as a seat of honor. Now that was the instruction of the Holy Spirit. And, and I made up my mind, my wife and I, we came into agreement. We're going to sow $10,000 into him personally, into Bishop Boyd. Now it was awesome because it was also around the time uh, that his birthday was happening. I was happy about that. I was happy about that because it wasn't just a seat of honor. I was able to say happy birthday, but he was leaving the auditorium. And as he was going by, wasn't a big deal. I didn't make a massive pre. I came today to sow a seed that's going to shake my future. You know, I didn't do that. Not ringing bells, you know, I'm not going down ringing bells. And the only reason I'm telling you the story now is to build your faith about how God works via giving, not to get any accolades. But the Lord spoke to me to do that. He said, You do that and watch how I'll break it open for you. You watch how I'll break it open. And there was a certain level in our ministry <clears throat> that we could not break past, it felt like, financially. We just kept hitting, hitting, hitting this one ceiling. And the Lord said, sow this seed of honor. And when he came, I made that offering out and I put it in his hand. And he's just very gracious. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, this is a man that's worth probably hundreds of millions of dollars. He's on, if you look, he's one of the wealthiest ministers in the world. He's, uh, if not the wealthiest minister in the world, and he's one of the wealthiest men in his nation. Not preachers, men. And so, uh, you know, he doesn't need my $10,000, but I need to sow my $10,000. Do you see that? Sowing is not for the person. Sowing is for you. It's, it, it, the benefit is for you. God set it up for you. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your money. You need the ability to sow because that's how God brings you back a harvest, right? He didn't need my money, but I needed to release my seed. I needed to. It was for me. It was for our ministry. 
That's why I don't agree with this, what this woman posted. I don't agree with these prosperity preachers that just tell people to, to give, to, to expect something to come back. God did that. God did that. You read 2 Corinthians 9, tell me God didn't say that. You read Galatians 6 and tell me God didn't say that. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. That will he also give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will he cause men to give into your bosom? And that is, by the way, talking about giving in context. It's not talking about forgiveness. It's talking about giving. How is somebody going to pour forgiveness into, into your lap, into, the, into your robe used as a bag? People don't know what they're talking about. It's called context. You've got to learn when the writer in Scripture changes subjects. And so understand this, I needed it and we should give with the expectation to receive because that's how God set it up. There's no farmer in the world that puts seed in their field and say, well, I'm just doing this to be good to the earth. I don't need any trees to come up. I don't need any plants to come up. I don't need a harvest of crop. There's no farmer in his right mind. And by the way, don't forget that when the Bible was written, it was written to agrarian societies. These are all farming cultures. These are all farming communities. They didn't go down to Walmart. The Galatians couldn't go down to the, the, Walmart, the Walmart in Galatia. There was no food lion in Galatia. They all were, these were farming communities. They understood that what you plant, you reap a harvest, right? God set it up that way, that when you give, expect to receive a harvest. God loves to bless his children. Amen. And so it takes faith. It takes honor. And so I said, yes, Lord, we're going to do it. And can I tell you something? We sowed that seed into Bishop Oyedepo. And I'm going to tell you something. From then on, the increase hit our ministry to where before we could never seem to break past that level, where after that, we never again dropped below that level. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. After we sowed that seed, we never again dropped below that level that we couldn't break past for years. One seed of obedience, honor, and faith broke us through into the next level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One seed of honor and faith broke us through into the next level. You know why? The Holy Ghost said to do it, and we obeyed. The Holy Ghost said to do it, and we obeyed. Thank you, Jesus. When I was early on in ministry, my daughter was not even two years old yet, and we were getting ready to hold a crusade in North Carolina. Before we went, the Lord spoke to me and Carolyn and so said, give everything you have in all your accounts into the kingdom. We needed the, those finances. We were getting ready to be, do the biggest thing we'd ever done back then. Biggest thing we'd ever done. And the Lord said to us, give everything you have into the kingdom of God. Everything, not, not everything you have extra, everything you have. Everything in your bank account, checking, everything in your savings, and at that time we had a money market, everything in your money market account. Give everything, consolidate, write one check. Well, we were young. We didn't have a lot back then. We didn't have a lot. I think when we put it all together, it was an offering of like $5,000 or just over $5,000. Put everything we had together and we sowed it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We sowed it. And can I tell you something? When he spoke that to us, we weren't mad. I can't believe God's making us give everything away. No, we got excited. We got excited. You know why we got excited? We knew if God's asking for a seed of significance like this, 
That means our harvest is getting ready to come back. That means our harvest is getting ready to come back. And so we came in, we sowed that seed. I've told the story before. I said, if I could have danced and wrote a check at the same time, I would have done it. But I'll tell you, we, we went and sowed in joy. God loves a cheerful giver. He loves, we didn't sow, I can't believe, march down to the altar with a sour face. I can't believe we have to give this money. It's all we've got in the world. No, excited, happy. God loves a cheerful giver. I knew something was getting ready to hit. And can I tell you something? That, that crusade that we held in North Carolina, before we ever got there, before we ever got there, every single bill was paid for. I didn't have to get up during that crusade and no, I wasn't depending on any offering to pay the bills for that, to reach that community. We fed over a thousand people. We did things for the children. We saw souls saved, people healed, people delivered, preached the gospel every night of the crusade. And I didn't have to get there and say, well, we now we need these offerings to pay these bills. We've got expenses for this crusade. No, before we ever got there, every bill was paid. Every, we didn't owe anybody anything. And supernatural things started to happen. Like even the place where we put the tent up to do the, the lot, which was owned by the YMCA. Every, every, when I say every bill was paid and supernatural things happened, the YMCA told us, you know what? We, first of all, they weren't even going to give us the land for the amount of time we wanted. I said, no, go, go talk again. They came back and said, well, we'll give you three days. I said, no, I want the full eight days. Okay. They came back. They said, all right, we'll give it to you. And, and it won't cost you a thing. We're going to just give you the, give you the property to use the, for, for your meeting. We believe in what you're doing. So God canceled that, no cost on that. And before we were done, everything was paid for. We got there. Before we stepped foot into North Carolina, God did it all. Imagine if we hadn't obeyed. Because let, let me tell you, it costs way more than $5,000 to pay for all we did for that meeting. Way more than $5,000. But what if we hadn't obeyed the Lord? What if we hadn't sowed the seed? Then I would have been depending on myself to pay the bills. But when you obey God, God takes care of you. When you obey God, God takes care of you. And since we did that, since we sowed that seed to Bishop Oyedepa, we've never dropped again below that. And just, it's been exponential increase. But notice, that wasn't my last seed. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something else. The seed that we sowed last year, that $35,000 seed, at the time, it was the biggest offering we'd ever sown. It's not anymore. We've sown larger now. The seed we gave on New Year's Eve blew that seed out of the water. What we just sowed on December 31st. I, I want to tell you something. This is, people, people ask me, why do you say that stuff about, um, you know, making goals every year to give larger amounts total and one time? I'll tell you why I do it. And I'll, I'll share that secret with you. I'll tell you why, and then we're going to pray. Um, and I know this is a special day on this Friday. God's speaking to people. I know as I've been teaching on this, he's speaking to you to sow seed today. And that's the Holy Spirit. It's not me. It's the Holy Spirit telling you to do that because he's building your faith for what's to come. Expect a year, 2023, filled with financial wonders. Get ready. I feel that as a word. I'm writing it down. Expect 2023 to be a year filled with financial wonders. Not a financial wonder filled with financial wonders. And I'm writing it here in my pet. 2023 is filled with financial wonders. Put it in the comments, put it in your notes, 
as I said that, I felt that coming from the Holy Ghost. That's a word from the Lord. Get ready for 2023 to be a year filled with financial wonders. It's part of your transformation. You see it behind me on the wall. Transformation 23. It's part of your transformation. Get ready for 2023 to be a year filled with financial wonders. Now, again, I'm not blanket prophesying over everybody in the body of Christ. You can't do that. You can't do that. Who am I talking to? I'm talking to the faithful, right? I'm talking to the people that are doing what I'm teaching today, that they're faithful, that when they sow, their seeds are wrapped with honor and faith. Honor and faith. I'm talking about people that give seeds of honor, people that give seeds of faith, people that are not just lackadaisical in their giving. Get ready. 2023 is a year going to be filled with financial wonders. People won't even understand. How'd that happen for you? How'd you get that? Where'd that come from? How'd you get that car? What do you mean your house got paid off? That's just, I'm talking about financial wonders. Wonders. Do you know when we signed on this studio that the Lord gave us by prophetic direction, by the way, prophetic direction brought us into this television studio and the others. Um, do you know that without ever making a push for it, without ever mentioning it, that someone sent one check and paid for the whole year of this studio? And do you know that it's happened every year since? It's happened every year since. God did it. It's because this is God's direction. This is God's plan. So if God gives it to you, get ready because it'll be taken care of. That's a wonder. You realize it's not because I took an offering or asked for partner support or financial support. I didn't get on the broadcast and say, now we've got a new studio. We're asking for you to sow a seed to keep this studio afloat. We didn't do it. Nobody even knew we had it. That, that's the miracle. No one even knew we had this. We didn't announce it yet. It was a secret. Think about that. It was a secret. And someone from another state felt in their spirit the Holy Ghost talking. They felt the Holy Ghost talking. And they sat down and sent an offering. And that offering was specific because it paid the whole year of this building. And it's happened every year since that God's just provided it. That's fine. That's a financial wonder. That's a financial wonder. And that's what I'm telling you to expect in 2023. Expect a year of financial wonders that goes along with your transformation. And so let me give you this, this secret that Carol and I operate by. Uh, really, we've made it public and I'll, I'll say it to you. Two things we make as goals it has nothing to do with tithing. We tithe no matter what the Lord knows. If it came down to me having money to buy groceries or me tithing, the Lord knows I would tithe and fast. He knows that about me. He knows that about me. And that's why I'll never have to do that. I'll never have to make that choice. I put God first, so he puts me first. I literally am willing and obedient, so I literally eat the good of the land. I literally eat the best. You say Taco Bell's the best? It's the best. <laughs> I'm messing with you. But literally, because he knows that about me, my family will never go without. We'll always have more than enough. So that's, tithing's one thing. And that's just set in stone. I don't move that. But talking about offerings, hear me now. Two different goals every year. Here's the first one. Are you ready? I'm making up in my mind that I'm going to give more cumulatively, cumulatively 
by the end of the year, when I add up all my giving, it will be more than last year's total giving. That's a goal. Every year I'll do more for the kingdom than the year before. Every year. So cumulatively. And Jennifer, please tell Tony I got the package yesterday. Package came in and I say thank you. Um, Liz Mendez has never made pork tacos for this preacher. It doesn't matter what, what service that she's been in. I've, I can't remember a day. That's a first fruits offering. That's a first pork offering. And I, I don't ever remember Liz Mendez making pork tacos for this preacher. She's left him to fend for himself at Taco Bell. But every year, you say, really? Yeah, that's, that's a goal. That's a goal. And I'll ask throughout the year, Carolyn, where are we at? She said, yeah, we're, we're on track to give this much, and here's, here's how much we've given. And so we make that goal. Second goal, let me tell you, when we get to the end of this year, we're going to blow 2022 away. We're going to blow 2022 away. But second goal, get this one in your spirit, because this one is the one that will test your flesh. Test your flesh. You ready? The biggest one-time seeds that I've ever sown. The biggest one-time seeds that I've ever sown. So what do you mean by that? I want to sow, and a lot of times we do it on New Year's Eve and other times through the year. It's the, a, a, a seed of honor, we call it. It's a first fruit seed to set ourselves up for the upcoming year. We, we obviously do it every New Year's Eve, but we do it also throughout the year. I want the largest seeds to leave my hand. You know that's my prayer, right? You've heard me pray it. Lord, put the largest seeds in our hand that we've ever sown. Just had a testimony come back last night, uh, got, got typed in. Um, I won't share who, but it's one of the Victory Tribe members that said, we have been praying and asking God to give us seed to sow. This was their prayer, like we've been praying. Lord, put the largest seeds in our hand we've ever sown. Victory Tribe just wrote in last night. We've been asking God to put seeds in our hands to sow Somebody just walked up to us and gave us a Pentecostal handshake of $2,000. Ooh, hallelujah. Somebody just walked up and gave us a Pentecostal handshake of $2,000. Well, look what that is. That's God answering a prayer because what? He gives seed to the sower. I want seed to sow, Lord. Put seed in my hand. Boom. Seed to the sower. Bread to the eater. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let me tell you, I like what, what Pastor Mark Hankins says. If you'll get addicted to sowing, God will support your habit. And that's what he's done with me. If you'll get addicted to sowing, God will support your habit. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you get addicted to sowing, God will support your habit. Mary Beth uh, just said, I noticed a difference spiritually and financially just being a partner in this ministry. Praise God. The Lord did it. He gets the glory. If you get addicted to sowing, God will support your habit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is what I'm praying for you. It's your year for the faithful financial wonders. This will set you in place for never-ending breakthroughs, a life of breakthroughs. How are you going to have financial breakthrough if you're not a sower and a sower that sows in faith and honor? How will you have those breakthroughs? And you need those finances to do what God's called you to do. You will not lack in Jesus' name. Lift your hands and receive this wherever you're watching. You will not lack in Jesus' name. You will not have any good thing kept back from you. 
For the word of God declares, God does not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. You'll not go without, you will abound. You, your leaves will never wither. You'll prosper in all you do. You'll spend your days in prosperity. You'll spend your years in pleasures. You'll eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. You'll be head and shoulders above the rest. Your righteousness will go before you. People will know you based on your blessing. You will spill over onto others. You will overflow onto others. Your excess will supply other people's needs. Your excess will supply other people's needs in Jesus' mighty name. That will be your story in 2023 and beyond in the mighty name of Jesus. That's right, Erica. You will not lack in Jesus' name. You will not lack. Yes, Ed. Yes, Colleen. That's it. You will not lack in Jesus' name. I am talking to you, Ted Melton. Get ready for your business to abound in 2023. Get ready for things to blow up in 2023 by the power of the Holy Ghost. So now, Lord, I pray, speak to your people today. I thank you that you're putting the largest seeds in their hands they've ever sown in 2023 in Jesus' name. Set us in position for the harvests you have prepared and set aside for us. We thank you. We're led by your spirit. We clearly hear your voice. So speak a word. I pray right now to kick off this year in authority and power and overflow. Speak a word to every one of your people today. Give them an instruction about a seed that is wrapped in honor and wrapped in faith that will produce explosive harvests in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. We are your faithful children and we will do what you ask us to do and we will be taken care of by our provider. We thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh in every situation. The, the economy doesn't matter, government doesn't matter, culture doesn't matter, corporations don't matter. You are the provider, Lord. And you get all the praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you. We give you praise. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.